Thanks for tuning in to the Zappos podcast. This episode is sponsored by Newsroom and Zappos Stories. Newsroom creates and publishes honest, real content that highlights Zappos and its products through story. For in-depth editorial and video content on company culture, business insights, and what it means to deliver wow, visit the Zappos Stories blog at zappos.com stories. Much has been said and written about the importance of company culture at Zappos. New employees are selected for cultural fit, immersed in core principles from the very beginning, and then everyone is encouraged and expected to embrace, protect, and live the cultural values at all times. For the company, it's been a rewarding approach to getting work done over the years. But as Zappos has evolved and become more successful, there have been instances where its culture has been tested and challenged. I don't think anyone ever tries to do an initiative or a program or launch something or make a change with the intention to hurt our culture or to hurt employees. But sometimes that happens and you just have to be really vigilant about watching for that and then addressing it when it happens. Well, greetings, all you slightly weird, intently humble, change-driven, service-oriented, standard-bearers of Zaponian culture. Welcome to the Zappos Podcast. Adam Francis here. On today's episode, a conversation with Krista Foley about protecting and caring for the Zappos culture. We hear about her early days at the company when there were less than 100 employees. We talk about some of the big changes of the past several years, like holacracy and market-based dynamics, and she shares some of her insights on the things that have kept the company culture strong during difficult times. That is just ahead. Stay with us. At Zappos, I haven't run across many people who seem to be able to reconcile the company's cultural foundations with the complex, sometimes confusing changes that self-organization has brought with it over the past few years. Krista Foley is someone who can. That's partly because she's sensitive and articulate, and because she seems to be comfortable enough with her own confusion and fear and discomfort to talk about those things openly. But she's also lived through a lot of change herself during her long history with the company. She became an employee soon after Zappos moved to Las Vegas in 2004. At the time, she was working as an operations manager for a staffing company here in town. And her background was in direct and temp placement recruiting. I was so burnt out on recruiting when I joined the company. And I was not super excited when I was asked to help set up recruiting at Zappos. But I had just made a huge life change to come to this startup that not many people knew. And it only took like the first week of me being there before I realized, yes, it's recruiting. Yes, it's interviewing people, but it's so different than anything I've ever experienced. Krista works in the HR department. She's the lead link of Zappos Insights and holds leadership roles in brand vision, recruiting, and company culture. I sat down with Krista for a conversation about the hardest parts of maintaining company culture as Zappos evolves and why she has stayed at the company for so long. Jobs I had before Zappos felt very transactional 
and really mostly about the dollar. And that, for me personally, doesn't feel right and doesn't fulfill me. And I really resonate with the values that we have personally, which if we're doing it right, everyone here does, right? Like that's the whole point. And so for me, doing whatever the day-to-day job is, even if, I don't know, if I had to be in a spreadsheet all day or if I had to communicate something about a hiring policy change, trying to figure out a way to do that that reflects the Zappos culture and the Zappos voice is something I'm super passionate about. It makes it fun. It makes it different. It takes the like normal routine work that you have to do and it adds a twist on it. I think that's why I've been here so long. I've never, I've certainly never been bored. I've certainly never not been challenged. I can't imagine leaving unless I got to a point where I felt like I can't impact any change and we have chosen to be a different company than we are. We're not perfect. We'll never be perfect. We weren't 10 years ago and and we probably won't be 10 years from now. But as long as the intent is to still live by our values, even if there's ebbs and flows and how that happens, if people are still willing to listen to when there is breaks in that and how do we fix it, I'm all in. And you've had a wide-ranging career path here. How, how did your work on the recruiting front in your early days at the company lead to these other areas like Zappos Insights and your work on company culture? Um, recruiting for a company that was going to start really caring about what defines our values and what are those values and how do we hire people who match those values. That was what was really exciting to me. Um, so um, when we launched our core values, I was able to like try to figure out how to match that into the interview process to screen for people with those values. Um, and so to answer your question, I think being a part of that process of like developing what our values would be and then how to apply them to the business, which is another key thing that we try to do at Zappos. That was like the bulk of my work for like the first seven years with recruiting. But in those seven years, we started to get some interest and notice about Zappos and this culture and what's happening. And so I found myself in a position to talk frequently about the company and about our culture and how we develop those values. Um, and so that was before Insights started. But when Zappos Insights started, the majority of the topics that Insights covers for external people is company culture, customer service, and anything people and HR related. And so people wanting to know, how do you hire for core values and for culture fit? So that's sort of how my focus on core values and hiring translated into insights. I do feel quite a bit of, I don't know, responsibility or want to protect what we have built. Um, I think I'm really comfortable, maybe because I've been here a long time, saying what I think and addressing when I see areas where maybe we're not meeting our values. And, you know, with the culture stuff in general and and having various roles over the years about trying to make sure we're living our culture and our core values, I think part of that's my history, but part of it's I just, that's what I love about Zappos. Okay, so that explains a little bit uh, why you've stayed here for so long. What's the thing that you struggle with most about working here? Um... I find that we have like a narrowing funnel of people that have been here a long time, which is normal at a company, right? But as that number gets smaller, I worry um, that the people that are still like have the knowledge or have the like we're here when something happened, like that gut and that core of our culture and who we are. I don't know that we're doing a great job of like parlaying that and transitioning that to the new people in a meaningful way. I know we do a tremendous history like overview through new hire training and I've seen it and it's super thorough and I think that's important and impactful but it's still a little different than having lived it and you can't recreate that right like you were here you weren't but I wish 
that we could figure out a way to like translate and keep the legacy stuff and the stories and the feel of Zappos as relevant and alive for new people. That's not to say that a newer person's perspective isn't as relevant or as important, but like how do we blend those two in a way that doesn't lose the foundation of what it was? Because I think we can change and we can grow and we need to do that as a company. I just don't want to see us lose that core piece. And what do you think is getting diluted that alarms you the most? Um, just specifically with some of the big changes we've been going through lately, when the, um, when the initial focus, when we're doing a complex change and the initial focus isn't about values or culture necessarily, it's very easy when you're blinded by the complexity to let go of what has been instinctual, I think, for people, which is to live our values. And so there's this like dichotomy between big, crazy, scary, maybe change and our values and how do we move forward and work on these big changes and scary things and have our values not take a drop. Is there an example you can think of here? I mean, Holacracy, when we first started doing Holacracy, I was super vocal, as were several people, because we were in the first um, meetings about Holacracy and understanding what Holacracy was. And um, one of the taglines of Holacracy initially was, it's not about the people, it's about the work. And I was like, ooh, that that's concerning to me, because we're all about the people. Of course, we're about the work. Um, but it was just... Language has power, and sometimes it's semantics, but, like, it also has some power. So employees hearing that, like, it's not about the people anymore, and there's not a reporting structure, and it's just about the work, and it's a hierarchy of work. I understand what the pros are to that, too, but there's also a flip side that you have to watch out for, and I was super concerned about our values and our culture and our focus on people in that transition. And were you concerned about this because you saw the culture and the values taking a hit? The way that Holacracy Off the Shelf is structured does not easily lend itself to thinking about values and people. And I don't think that was ever the intention of it, right? But if values and living by our culture is our foundational operating system, we just layered another operating system that at times felt like it was in competition with, culture doesn't just happen. It's We all know this. It's not the pool table. It's not the ping pong. It's not the free food. Like, that's all great, but that's not what culture at your company is. And so if you're not thoughtful about your culture with anything that you're doing, whether it's a positive good thing that everyone loves or a hard, scary thing that people are worried about, it's not just going to stay. It's not just going to stay the way that it's supposed to be and be fine. In my mind, it's no different than we should always think about anything that we do from a business operations standpoint. How's that going to impact our customer? You have to think the same thing about our people. So I don't think anyone ever tries to do an initiative or a program or launch something or make a change with the intention to hurt our culture or to hurt employees. But sometimes that happens and you just have to be really vigilant about watching for that and then addressing it when it happens. Everyone in the organization owns the responsibility of acknowledging when there are um, places where things we're doing are intersecting in a way that is negative with our values and our culture and addressing them. And that doesn't mean we stop doing this new thing, but it does mean, like, is there a different, slightly different path or what else can we do on the culture and value side to help people keep that as the foundation? So you just said um, a little bit earlier, you said culture doesn't just happen. Talk about how culture comes about. I mean, as somebody who's been here for 14 years and has been deeply involved in the maintenance and protection of the culture um, and who's seen the culture kind of you know, weave this way and that way, take two steps forward and one step back. How does 
the Zappos culture retain the vitality that you think it should have? I'm going to correct. I'm going to correct give context. Me. No, I'm going to co- give context around the statement uh, that I made, which is that culture doesn't just happen. So culture does just happen. There is a culture at every organization. Um, I'm stealing that exact sentence from Organized for Complexity, I think is the book. Um, but I guess when I said culture doesn't just happen, I meant a good, positive culture that you want does not just happen by itself. Um, or if it does, you're very lucky that it that it happened that way. So how does culture emerge with a good outcome, with a positive outcome? Yeah, I mean, you just... Um, it's not rocket science, and I say this all the time to external customers. Like, it's... I don't think... This maybe is going to sound bad. I don't think we've done something at Zappos that is, like, earth-shattering. You know, we're not sending people to the moon. It's not that we're selling things online right now. We'll maybe do different things in the future. But it's almost just common sense and treating people the way that people should be treated. We've identified values. If you live by them and you're truly living by them in every area of your business, it's not hard after that. Um, but it is it is the piece of what are they committing to them, even with tough decisions, um, hire people into the company that share those values, train them so that they know what you mean when you talk about those values. Don't just give them a list of words like, what does it mean to be humble at Zappos? What does it mean to be adventurous, creative, and open-minded at Zappos? And then you know, if you've hired the right people and you've trained them right, just get out of their way and let them do the job. And then don't forget who you are as new things, good and bad, come up through the years, which they will. Right. So, so maybe... This is as good a time as any to talk about market-based dynamics. Um, Market-based dynamics is a structural shift that's currently going on at the company where every circle is meant to operate more and more like a mini business inside of Zappos with circles handling their own budgeting and accounting. Um, They have to come up with menus of services. And the idea is that market-based dynamics give circles more autonomy to figure out how to accumulate resources, find new customers inside of Zappos and and outside of Zappos. And that the goal is that this system will spark creativity and innovation here. And I know you've had issues with market-based dynamics and some of the changes that have come about because of it, and that you've had your own evolution in your thinking. So just to start this part of the conversation, what were your concerns about market-based dynamics when you first heard about it? And and when did you first hear about it? Oh. um, It's a while ago, right? Yeah, it's... It's been a couple of years, maybe? I think a couple of years. Um, Conceptually, what was scary to me about it was that I didn't fully understand it, and I didn't understand the why of it, and I'm not sure that we've fully done a great job of articulating the why of it still today. So that was what was hard for me. Like, we have amazing people here, and they will rally for Zappos and around Zappos, but they have to understand what and why. And so even before a lot of employees knew what it was, I was already, like, empathizing and maybe maybe projecting, but, like, I don't know how this is going to land with people. And what specifically about it bothered you or made you concerned? At, at the very service level, it feels like you're talking just about money. Like, it's all about money, which isn't who we are. And then the next piece that really concerned me was the potential competition piece of it. Um, Competition is and can be healthy. And competition certainly exists in markets in the world. But where Zappos isn't a market, 
we're a company of people that have shared values striving for a similar goal. And so my fear was if we're not doing a good job of explaining what it is, why employees should care and how it helps Zappos and them be better, we have an issue there. And then just like we experienced with the holacracy rollout, if we're not thinking about our values and people and how people react when they're in situations that are confusing or that they're fearful about or have anxiety about, and in the market-based dynamic situation, we're talking about adding a layer of competition or sense that you have to break even in order to like retain your job or another circle spun up doing the same thing that I do and we both have to break even, but now they're my competitor. I feel like human nature is not going to be like, what our values are, or living those values and making sure like, how can I help you? You know, it's going to be like, I need that customer because I need to break even. And I don't care what happens to you until I feel like I'm good. And then I'll maybe worry about you. But so this was all my speculation, just from the initial conversations about it. So just to boil it down, did you feel that this new approach could be potentially corrosive to the team spirit that Zappos has spent so much energy and so many resources cultivating here? Um, I mean, team spirit's part of that, but like wowing each other and helping each other and doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. We're business. We have to we have to hit targets. We have to hit goals. There's none of this could happen if we weren't um, a financially successful company. Um, but this felt like it was pushing us more in a direction where we were asking employees to think about the dollar and breaking even and me and my team versus collective Zappos. I know that's not the intent, and even then it wasn't the intent of market-based dynamics. The broader vision is for the greater good of Zappos. Um, Tony's brilliant, and he's a visionary, but he doesn't think the way that most people think. And I think it was probably six months ago, after multiple conversations with Tony, pieces of it finally clicked for me a little bit better than they had, which is great for me. But then I'm like, so this is what I'm worried about with the rest of the employees. like Because you have a lot of access to Tony that most employees yeah. don't have. Yeah. And if it takes you a year and a half to wrap your head around it, one can only assume that there are a lot of stragglers far behind you in terms of cultivating an understanding and maybe a sense of trust about this new idea. Yeah. So how have you been persuaded? What What can you say here that might be helpful for other employees who, you know, might not be certain about what's happening with this new approach, this new operating system for Zappos, you know, because you started out skeptical and concerned and, and, and maybe a little fearful and, and you've come around a bit. Have you come all the way around on this? Um, I have come around a bit. I would not claim that I fully get market-based dynamics and the vision of it at Zappos 100%. What I have come around to is I believe in Zappos. I believe that our intent is to always try to stay true to our values and that we will course correct when we notice that we're not staying true to it. I believe that Tony has the best intent for Zappos. I trust him. I don't want to work anywhere else. And I a little bit shut down when I was like, I don't get this and I don't like it. (laughs) And so I know I'm just being self-aware that I shut down on that. And so it was a little bit for me trying to understand it a little bit more, which I do from talking with Tony and a lot of people about it, but more also, um, I may not understand it and I know we're going to slip up and I know it's not going to be an easy, smooth process, but rather than being pissed about it all the time, um, I want to be here and I want to preserve the Zappos that I love. So I'm going to be a part of like, how can I help make this happen and keep the core and foundation of our culture there. So how do you explain the purpose and intent and 
and value of market-based dynamics to the extent that you can explain it to people who are listening to this, other employees? Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I think the ultimate why that we're talking about and everything I say next, I'm, I don't love the way it's phrased and I don't think it's perfect, so I'll do my best. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I think we want the company to last. We want the company to be successful. What I got from my conversations with Tony was the understanding that And this is just my interpretation, so this may not be what he would say, but we do have all of our eggs in one basket at Zappos. We're an e-commerce company, started with shoes, and now we have other stuff that we sell too. But for the majority of the time that I've been here, it's all been in that bucket. It's never a good idea, whether it's your personal life or your business life, to have all of your eggs in one basket. And so that clicks for me. Like If some crazy thing happened in the world and all of e-commerce shut down, we're screwed. So like, what are other paths and avenues that we could explore at Zappos that could be revenue streams for us to make us resilient if something from whatever angle happened with e-commerce? So this all ties into like a path for like the greater good of Zappos and having Zappos be around and successful um, for a long time to come. Um, I just think, I'll speak for myself, like those dots don't, don't connect for me um, until I like have to really like think through them and get some extra explanation. So, so I wanted to touch on something that you said to me recently um, when we talked about this, that, that market-based dynamics is meant to be layered onto the values at Zappos that the company already holds dear and has embraced for a long time, that this seemingly new system is not meant to replace, you know, the service-oriented culture, the core values, but, but to make Zappos stronger by weaving in a system that allows the company and the people who work here to operate in a more self-organized way? Or how would you put it? No, I mean, I think that's exactly right. And anyone who was here when we launched Holacracy and has seen the evolution we've gone through with Holacracy, like we went from off-the-shelf pure Holacracy to, I don't know that we've named it, but like the self-organization, self-management of Zappos today, it is not off-the-shelf Holacracy. We have blended in our values and our culture into the Holacracy constitution and processes that are in place. Um, I wish that we would have done that sooner than we did, but we got there. And so that's how I view this next step and any other changes that we have coming. We can't ever compartmentalize culture, this other thing that we're doing, which is, I think, what we did with Holacracy in the early days. So I'd like to learn from that. Let's not wait for a year when maybe we've done some substantial damage to the way that we operate in our culture and some of our values, let's call out as we're moving through and trying different things with market-based dynamics, places where it feels really good with our values and places where it doesn't. So we can course correct now. So it's not just two different things that we hope are going to come together magically down the road. And in closing, um, for the listeners who've just heard everything that you have said in this conversation and are still feeling fearful or confused, what would your advice be? Yeah. Uh, My first piece of advice uh, and request would be don't be quiet about it. Like if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling afraid, you should speak up about that. That might be your lead link. It might be your lead link going to their super circle lead link. It might be asking to spend time with Tony and talk through it. Tony may not appreciate this, but he loves digging into how to make market-based dynamics work. And I mean, he said on stage at all hands, like, if you want to talk to me, I'm open to talk all the time. But specifically things about market based dynamics and what's the right path and what are like four other options two circles maybe didn't think about for a win on both sides. 
he is good at that and he likes to do it and he wants to help with that. So I would encourage people to just go do that. Um, I'm not saying you have to start with Tony. You can if you want to. But like don't sit on it and let it fester. Like come forward and just trust and believe the intent is positive and the outcome that everybody wants that's pushing this change forward is for us to maintain who we are as a company and our culture and be around for a long time. And we're not sacrificing one for the other. And that's it for today's episode. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Angel Sugg, Jean Markell, Jamie Naughton, Krista Foley, Dan Habel, Tyler Williams, Philip So, and Tony Shea. Our theme music was written and produced by Philip So and myself. I'm Adam Francis. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Zappos Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Zappos Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by Newsroom and Zappos Stories. Want even more culture and business content? Dive inside the Zappos blog for stories on employees, business insights, and what it means to deliver wow at zappos.com slash stories.